Hello, everyone. Welcome to Daily Coffee on Unsafe Space. Today is uh, February. Th- I just looked it up, too. <laughs> Today is Monday, February 3rd. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined as usual, but not always, but mostly, by the bad man, Jamma, Carrie Smith from Austin, Texas. Hey, Carrie. Hello, Carter. How are you? I'm all right. I'm trying to make you show up on my screen. There we go. Now everyone can see you. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, um, I just love the book, and I like the people that showed up, even though it was the Super Bowl. That was fun. And had interesting things to say. So. Yeah, by the way, our stream just stopped and started again, Carrie. I don't know what's going uh, on. YouTube okay. has been... Someone said YouTube's been screwing up all morning. I don't know if that means not just for us, but we're back. But if there's pauses, it's not... A- all right. Let's see if this is working. I'm not even sure if we're live right now. We've totally switched software. And let's see if Carrie's even there. Carrie, are you there? I'm here. I can see right. you, Carter. All right, maybe we're live again. People in chat can tell us if we're live. It says that, um, let's see. I'm gonna refresh the It looks like we're live again. YouTube's. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What a mess. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, okay. guys. Zoom was horrible for other reasons. We switched to Ecamm. Ecamm decided just to hate us. I assume it's Ecamm, unless it starts cutting out here, in which case then it's just YouTube. Um, <sighs> Can we talk about stuff now, Carrie, instead of our technical problems? What do you think? Uh, well, no, just so you know, the YouTube link ends at three minutes and 45 seconds. So if we are streaming, I'm not sure where we're streaming. Uh, I think it should pick back up. Oh, it's, okay. Because um, we use the same stream key. Oh, okay. Um, so I think... I think we're back. If okay. anyone in chat can tell us if there's a problem or if we're yeah. back, let us know. Please let us know. I don't Although, really... if, I guess if they don't talk to us in chat, it means they're not seeing us and we're somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh, chat is disabled for me for this live stream because it thinks the video is over. Oh my God. YouTube, for the record, I hate your guts. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's go take a look at what a channel we're. Potentially we're live right now. I think we're live, but I don't know where we are. Yeah, we're live now on a different freaking stream. I'm going to put it in the comments of that video. (laughs) This is, this is really, you guys, thanks for bearing with us. We have uh, had technical problems. So we're live. If you're watching us, we're on a different link than we were originally. And oh, Carter, so there's still like 60 or something people sitting on the old link. Okay, I'm gonna put this one in the comments. Um, Oh, it won't, the chat's closed. It won't let us put it in the chat comment. No, I'm putting it in the comments comments. Oh. Okay, there we go. Amazing. What a mess. Yeah. Okay, so guys, thanks again if you're just joining us. Well, we, we I feel like we have to kind of sit around now and wait for people to come back in, eh. right? Well, there's 13 people here. Let's, we, we need to thank them. They found us. They said, can you delete the other video? Yeah, because yeah, that's go confusing. Do that. Okay, do that. Yeah. You guys, thanks for following us over here. I saw all of the, the chicken sacrificing that was happening. Um, is Jack online? Could Jack maybe on, go on Facebook and change the video link? Uh, I can probably <laughs> Jack do is it. watching. Okay. I can do it. Um, uh, you're just going to have to watch me do stuff for a minute. Carrie will entertain you with some song and dance. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Uh, here's what I was going to say about the, about the thing yesterday, though. I really enjoy Book Club. It's one of my favorite books yet. It really surprised me, which we talked about in the discussion. There was one thing we did that it was in my notes that I wanted to talk about that we didn't that I, I didn't get to that I forgot, and that was at the end. I thought it was really interesting at the end when the all the bums, the walking library guys, are are talking to Montag about. I'm talking about Fahrenheit 451 for anyone just joining us. We did book club yesterday, um, but they're talking to Montag, the main character, about how they each have memorized these different books. And there's sort of like a living library. And one of the things that 
that he says that really stuck with me. And he, he kind of hammered this home. He said, we are not important. He said, one of the most important things, something I, I'm, I don't know the exact quote, but one of the most important things we had to realize is that none of us are important. We like, we're just the vessels for the book. And I thought that was, I thought that was a great point to make. And it is a point that um, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, just in general, like the idea of taking your ego out of situations, not letting things become about you and not living under the impression that you are in a movie that's starring yourself. <laughs> it's like that, that, uh, that this is not a movie about me. I am a bit player in some bigger thing, some bigger script, if that makes sense. And uh, anyway, I thought that was an important point to make. Can you hear me, Carter? I can. Sorry, I'm dealing with some other stuff. I think I deleted the video and I think we're kind of okay. Um, cool. I have mixed feelings about that particular point. Um, I do agree with you. Like, I don't like the idea of uh, life being a little, you know, like a little narcissist yeah. running around thinking everything's about them. So like, I agree with that sentiment. Um, but uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of self-sacrifice. Um, and there seems to be like this fetishization sometimes in some belief systems of like sacrificing yourself and like, no, like the reason that these ideas are important are because you're important. It's because people are important. It's because your right to life is important and your freedom is important. Like you are important. Like you should stand up for yourself and protect yourself, but it's a balance. Like I agree. I, I know that's not what you're meaning. You were meaning like the narcissism, like. Yeah. And yeah, actually so. uh, it's funny because you know, since uh, we talked about in the previous podcast about uh, our update to burning the Deadwood podcast, we talked the one mm -hmm. that's called "Don't Be Afraid to Start a Fire," and I talked like I, I talked about how I quit drinking last year, and um, I've spent some time in. I don't go all the time, but I'll go like once a week or so. I go to AA meeting, and so I've spent some time in AA rooms, and uh, that's one of the things that kind of people hammer home about the organization itself, which I think is good. It's one of the principles for the organization, which is that no one is important. That, that no one is, it's not about personalities there. It's just like everyone is there to get the same medicine. No one is the doctor, if that makes sense. And so I guess maybe it was on my mind because of that idea of like, it's, it's also an idea in Christianity of everyone has a role to play in the body of the church. No one is the head like Christ is the head of the church. Everyone else, is your, you might be the finger. <laughs> and if the finger was missing, you would really miss the finger. Uh, but you're just the I finger. Think, I think the sentiment is intended to try and curtail uh, little busybody automaton, like little busybody uh, potential dictators who would like to. Yes, who would like to be things. in control and run yeah. things and think it's about them. Yeah, and to that extent, I, I totally. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, and that's, you know, that's actually, it's kind of related to something that, um, it's kind of related to something that I had to come to terms with to really enjoy and like feel at peace with the libertarian slash no government ideology. Because I came to the conclusion mentally before I was emotionally comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I had to let go of was this idea that like, people are going to do things that I think are horrible and wrong and <laughs> stupid and inefficient and the dumbest way to do it. And it's not my business. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't control them. You can't I shouldn't even them. want to. Yeah. You can't, you know, I think there's this uh, part of human nature and it's stronger in some personality types than others for sure. Because uh, we see it, be, we see it really strong in the SJW type. I think one, at least one kind of the SJW, the authoritarian one. But um, this this idea of like wanting to control things and being in control, and uh, I like, I guess I like that because, like somebody said in the chat, it's not that we're not. It's not that Lori says it's not so much that no one is important, but that we're all equally important. Yeah, I guess that's what that's what I like about it. It's it's that there's no one who's elevated. Um, but I underlined that at the end. Anyway, I underlined that at the end of Fahrenheit 451 because it kind of stood out to me. Uh, Maria says, uh, 
what book would you be, Carrie? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know because all of my favorite books are changing. You know, I used to, for the longest time I had, my favorite book of all time was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And I read that when I was uh, in high school and uh, it stuck with me. And I loved Margaret Atwood. When I was in college, I got to take an entire course on her where we, I got did nothing but get to read her poetry and her books. It was amazing. And I think she's a really beautiful writer. Um, and so it might be The Handmaid's Tale just because I lived with that book for so long as my favorite. But I think now I don't, my interests are changing. And so I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure what, what book would you want to spend enough time memorizing that you could recite to someone else? Do you have an answer for that, Carter? Me? Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I, like, I like a lot of Rand but I don't know that I would want to memorize it all. And like, that wouldn't be enough for me. Um, so if, knowing me, I'd probably memorize some, like, I'd probably pick some book that I felt was like a good distillation of good philosophy and be like, here, this is what you like. Here's some good arguments that you need. I probably wouldn't be a fiction book. I'd probably memorize. I might actually memorize like, uh, like some sort of objectivist thing, even though I'm not completely objectivist. Like, I think there's a lot of good arguments that are, that would be lost. So, and it's a good, like synthesis of a bunch of Aristotle and um, like a, like some Locke and like, there's a lot of stuff kind of pulled together that I might, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, if it were a movie, I know, cause I've already memorized it. I think I'd pretty much know the entire script of Thelma and Louise. Wow. <laughs> I could do that movie for you. <laughs> wow. All right, then. Okay, then. Um, uh, so uh, moving on, I wanted to, so quickly, people in the chat are talking about this, and I wanted to mention it, so I'll just mention it now since people are discussing it. Uh, there was a great article that came out this past week about the SJW mobbings in the knitting world, and the accompanying documentary was just released on Sunday. It's a BBC radio documentary. It's about, it's only 28 minutes long. It's an easy listen. Um, it's called, it's a, it's called Purity Spiral, but they, in it, they do little interviews with, they have a commentary by Maria Tuscan, who's in chat right now. Oh, cool. uh, they, have, they have commentary with uh, Catherine Jepson Moore, the writer, the author, uh, the writer who did the pieces at Colette about the SJW mobbings in the knitting world. They talked to Sockmetician, they talked to Douglas Murray, whose book we want to read next, a book club. Um, and it's just kind of, it, it's, it's a neat little summary of what we witnessed happen in that community. And, and they also touch on the same thing happening in the young adult fiction world, because, and, which I think is a great idea because to show people this is not an isolated case. This happens and this can happen and has happened in many different types of enclosed communities. And uh Anyway, I thought it was it was a great lesson. So if you guys get a chance, you should check that out. I put it up on the Instagram and we'll put it in Facebook too. I should check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. Um, someone asked in chat if I was still recovering from my night out with Mikey. A little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good to see Mikey. So, um, so talk about it. So what happened this weekend? Yeah, well, uh, gee. <laughs> We, uh, so Walk Away was in town. Um, everyone knows, I think, what Walk Away is, but it really briefly, Walk Away is a movement um, founded by Brendan Strzok, who um, was a Democrat, uh, was fed up with basically Trump derangement syndrome and the, and the shift of the Democratic Party to the radical leftist agenda and intersectionality. And he started this movement, this Walk, walk Away movement, and... Uh, Mike Carlo, who's been on our show quite a lot, was, I think he did the original video for Walk Away. Is that right, Carrie? Uh, he helped Brandon with it. Yeah, I know he helped with editing and a few other things. Yeah, he helped him create that video, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So um, so anyway, that's that's what Walk Away is. They go around the country. The, the movement's gotten bigger. He's gone around the country now and talked about um, Walk Away. And a lot of people have started joining. And in particular, uh, one of the things that they've been doing is they've been 
going around and doing LGBTQ events because I guess I think Brandon I don't I don't want to out I think Brandon's gay uh I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah he's he's um, gay and and the event, events they've been doing have been featuring all gay or trans speakers who who have walked away people who have walked away from the Democratic Party right so 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 yeah so some of his events are are centered around that theme and they were doing one in San Francisco this last this past Saturday night um and uh the speakers were supposed to be Mike Harlow, who's been on our show, um, Blair White, and Scott Pressler, and and Brandon. And Scott, Scott's the guy. Carrie, do you remember the Baltimore cleanup thing? Remember when people went to Baltimore and cleaned up all the trash in Baltimore? I don't remember it, but I know about it because I read about it because of the event. Oh, okay. Well, it was. I guess it was. Uh, I don't want to say Republicans, whatever. Brandon has gone kind of very full on, I love Trump, but not everyone has done that. Like Mikey and Blair are not, from what I can tell, they're not like, I love Trump. They're just walk away, right? Um, but anyway, so Scott was there. And so part of the walkaway event in San Francisco was during the day they were going to do this event with Scott Pressler where they walked around and, and uh, cleaned up the city. Because as you know, San Francisco is full of feces and needles. And everything else and we've got a really bad homeless problem so uh they're going to do that and then um in the evening they had an event scheduled in the mission district in san francisco where they were going to there's going to be a panel and there's a panel discussion so uh, uh sorry i just got distracted someone told me i need to learn how to tie a proper windsor knot on my tie i don't know how actually that's uh don't look so. at the chat when you recount sorry i know i can't i can't it's like sitting right there uh and there and there we go so anyway, um, actually, I can't play the clip that I wanted to, but hold on. I might, I might be able to. I know this is a mess. Because we had to switch software, I have to switch how I was going to play the clip. But So to give people some this. background while yeah. he's doing this, there are these events. So th this is just walk away. This is like, like Carr said, it's a gay guy, used to be a Democrat. He created this hashtag and this movement, and it's been a place for people like myself who have walked away to find one another and to realize this is not an isolated thing. You are not alone. A lot of people are leaving the party. I left the party. I registered as an independent. And like Carter said, not all of us have become full-on Republican Trump supporters like Brandon has, but these are people who have left the Democratic Party. Some have become independent. Um, some have become Republican, but it's, it's a movement of people who have seen, I would say, what is happening to the left, what has happened to the left in the past few years, and especially since the last election, and who, who are like, this doesn't represent me, and I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And so they've had some successful panel events in some cities, like in LA, and then in others, like Chicago, they get, this happened in Chicago too, something similar, they got there, and the venue they were going to be um, supposed to do the lecture at, canceled the day of due to pressure from SJW. So once SJWs find out where the events are gonna be, they pile on, they do the mobbing like in the knitting world times a hundred. They send all these emails, they put out, they have Facebook groups where they mobilize people. They go out and physically protest um, and they try to get the venues to shut this, these, shut the speeches down or shut the lectures down. And, and here's the things they call them. They call them Nazis. They call them white supremacists. Uh, racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, all the things that we know that they call people who disagree with them. Um, and for some people that's effective. All they do is they listen to that crap. Can you yeah. imagine those of you who know Mikey, can you imagine believing that about him? That stuff's absurd. And it, and it's, uh, it's, it's libel, it's slander, it's not true, but they say this stuff and they get the, they get some, they've been successful at getting some of the events shut down. Luckily in Chicago, they were able to find another venue last minute and still put the still put the talk on later that night. Um, but anyway, so this happened in the Bay Area as well. The venue yeah. ended up caving. Okay, well, so that's just yeah. Little... Let's let's let them tell the okay. story because I actually have an interview with the person who was organizing the event. Oh, cool. But um, just to set some context, so during the day when they go out with Scott Pressler to clean up the city, um, Antifa actually found them doing that, and there's a. Um, I didn't know this drag queen, but apparently is it she's Kitty famous. Demira? No, it's it's Lady Maga. Oh. <laughs> Lady Maga was there. <laughs> um, and she got punched in the stomach by Antifa for trying to clean up 
uh, wow. stuff. And they were being very respectful of the homeless people. They were like, cause, cause sometimes homeless people, like there's something you think is trash, but it's their, you know, treasure. So they were big, being very respectful. Like, Hey, can I take this? Is this something we can take away? And the homeless people were very appreciative of them. there cleaning the city um, because you know, the city's a mess. And anyway, so they went and did that. Antifa was, was there and attacked, uh, attacked them there. And then, um, and then the venue got canceled. I'm going to play, I randomly ran into the person who uh, could describe this. She was the one who, who booked the venue. Um, I don't have video of it, but I am going to show you some video that's just kind of generally shows you what go, was going on outside the, the event. But what happened was when the venue was canceled, um, Brandon decided to just hold the event outside of the building on the street. And so there was a, a conflict. There was about 30 cops standing there in a big line uh, across the street in case, I don't know, so they could watch if Antifa got violent. I'm not sure. Uh, it didn't appear to be a lot of black block people, but there was a lot of craziness and yelling. Um, so I'm just going to play. I'm going to let this woman named Lily explain what happened, but you can watch in the video what was kind of going on in the background. So let's hope this works. All right. Just so you know, there's no audio, Carter. It's just video. Oh, well, that's not good. Hold on for a second. Sorry, guys. There should be audio. The whole point is the audio with this. So, man, we had when we had to change uh, when we had to change technologies. It screwed me up. Hold on here. Let's try this, Carrie. Mm -hmm. Is there audio? Is there audio now? What's your name? Lily. Lily, good to meet you. Is there audio, Carrie? And yeah. what brings you to the walkaway movement today? I volunteer for the movement. I'm, uh, um, I help with the campaign online, and I help reply mess to messages. And I'm the one who picked the women's building and helped coordinate this. And um, the last minute, they canceled on us on the same day. What happened? So this morning, um, at around 11 or 12 p.m., uh, they called me, and they said, because we are anti-homeless, they got this information this morning that they weren't going to accept us today and they're not going to sign the contract. And I asked them, what do you mean anti-homeless? And, and the lady said that we cleaned up the bay with Scott Pressler. We helped clean the city and therefore we are anti-homeless which makes no sense. I told them, you know, we're helping clean up the streets where the homeless are. They were thanking us. And that was the reason they canceled on us. When I kept asking, give me arguments, what, what happened? And she said, it's not my place to say. So she had nothing to say. She had no arguments. And they waited until the last minute. And so we had to do it right here in front of the building to make sure our voices are heard. Do you believe that that's actually the reason? Absolutely not. If it wasn't this, it would be anything else. They just, they found out this morning what, uh, what we stand for. We kept silent about the building because we knew there would be protests. So we revealed the name of the building the same day. And even that didn't help. Uh, literally a couple hours after we revealed it, I got the phone call. So that's what's going on over there. Uh, venue was canceled. The street was, you know, there was lots of yelly people. There was some, um, one of the protesters broke some equipment. Um, so there were like, it was mild violence, but no one got hurt. Um, but, you know, Mikey spoke a little bit, not much. Blair was out of there. She didn't even want to be there, understandably. Um, and a few other people spoke, Brandon spoke, but that was the event in all of its glory, Carrie. Not much else going on i uh i just i think it's amazing how they have so much sway with uh, now hopefully this is changing i think this is changing but currently sjw still have seem to have a lot of sway with venues and stuff when they protest they're like these people are nazis and they send enough emails and they make enough of a stink and they send out false information they send out lies like they were saying uh, they sent out something in their Facebook groups that said, you know, 
These people are down there murdering. They use the word murdering, murdering and attacking <laughs> homeless people. It's like, what are you talking about? Like they're, they're, yeah. they're killing and attacking homeless people because there's actually nothing they can point to that's objectionable about walk away. They have to make up stuff. And it's amazing yeah. that venues listen to them. You know, what's funny, Carrie, is uh, some of the chants. I, the walkaway people did kind of a good job of demonstrating the ridiculousness of some of the chants. So the other side started chanting Black Lives Matter. And so walkaway just started chanting like, we agree. Black Lives Matter, we agree. Yay, we agree on that. <laughs> um, so it was just this kind of crazy, uh, you know, the, the other thing that was weird was the protest. You can't really see from this video too much, but the protesters, the Antifa types, they weren't really black bloc, but they were, I think, Antifa. Um, they were basically all white. The, the, the walkaway people were way more diverse ethnically. Not that that should matter, but uh, the walkaway crowd was the more diverse, ethnically diverse crowd um, than the white leftists screaming at them um and they brought you know they brought sirens to make it hard for anyone to hear anything and they screamed around and one like i said one person broke equipment uh i i don't they still have power though i think they basically the phone call to a venue in some in san francisco the phone call basically just means needs to be like these people are wrong thinkers don't let them be here and that, that's enough like they'll come up with any excuse they want to shut it down so yeah um well i wanted to share something with you but i'm having trouble pulling it up let's see of course you are that's today carrie <laughs> <laughs> of course you're having trouble pulling it up uh well it was a video that mikey shared of one of the protesters and uh let's see if this works um hold on i'm going to share my screen i'm going to share sound Okay, let's see. Bum, bum, bum. I do have other video footage, but there wasn't a lot of like exciting stuff. Um, I might put together a little video just with some interviews. I interviewed like, I don't know, six or seven people outside. And it was interesting because some of the walkaway people, one lady, I couldn't believe this. She was like, she was really upset about the characterization of them disliking the homeless or whatever, because mm -hmm. she literally, she had more than once in her life invited a homeless person to live with her to get back on his feet. <laughs> like, yeah. how many people do that? <laughs> right? Of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, here they were being vilified. Is your tech working? No, not yet. Oh. Uh, that's okay. So uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, is it on Mikey's Facebook? I can find it. Yeah, but I've got, I'm pulling it up. So one are. thing I wanted to say was that when I said, I think it's getting better, just to go back to the knitting thing for a second, this mm -hmm. is why I think it's getting better. I don't know if you guys saw, but after we talked about uh, knit and nibble and after uh, people started going there and supporting them and giving them messages of support, I think everything kind of tilted. Like the SJWs, backed off like they posted a couple of things on a more recent post of his but then they stopped and so over the weekend the nibble guys went and did a talk and they were and he was posting just you know cool photos of like this is me knitting on the train you know whatever and it was like all positive comments and a ton of likes and i was watching that nice. and I, yeah and after listening to the um the purity spiral uh, radio documentary, which again, it's a pretty short, it's 28 minutes. At the end, it kind of ends on that positive note too, about the tide that's turning a little bit. And so I was thinking about it and I, and I just wanted to say, how great is it? A, that it's the knitters, like we've talked about before, it's the knitters who are pushing back. Um, and B, that, uh, that if, if we, if you could get a critical mass of people who aren't afraid of these SJW bullies, then it's almost like I want to put them on notice. If you try and make an example of someone, next time you try and do what you did to Maria Tuscan or Sockmetician or Knit and Nibble or whoever, someone, next time you try and shame and bully someone like that, all you're going to do is result in more of us buying their books, buying their yarn, coming and supporting them, 
and and arguing back with you. So I think I think things have changed a bit. Like people went and bought the Nibble Guy's books immediately. Uh, Nicole, I haven't told you this yet, but Nicole of the Mountain People bought a, a bunch of gift cards that she's going to give us to give away on the podcast, oh, awesome. which is cool. Yeah, like people went there and supported. And how amazing would it be if the SJW bullies saw that like anytime they try and make an example of someone and shame them, it's going to backfire because you know what? We're going to pull, we're going to circle the wagons and support that person. And you're not going to get the result that you wanted. So that's what I felt like saying. <laughs> well, I mean, we can hope that's the way it should be Carrie. Right. I Hopefully, mean, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I think it also probably helped. I imagine, I don't know, but I, I imagine it helped Nitt and Nibble to know to look out and be able to see people like Maria who had stood up previously and realized like, oh, actually here she is still alive. Yeah. Sockmetician, like they're around, like they stood up and yeah. they're not dead. It was, it was okay. Um, and then, you know, the more you get a critical mass of people, it becomes easier to resist the insanity. So, uh, yeah, <sighs> I don't know, Carrie. I'm, okay. I got I'm a little bit discombobulated today because of the tech stuff at the beginning, but you, there was another thing you wanted to talk about. Uh, pull up, the, pull up the article that I sent you. That's, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be good. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let me, uh, I'll switch this over here. So, um, this article is, it says 10 reasons sex will be better with Bernie. Now, um, aside from this speech being hilarious, um, <laughs> actually this is not new i don't know if you've seen the mainstream media do this in the past several years i've seen a lot of this kind of stuff oops um where they are they make these arguments about how sex is better under socialism especially for women they they talk about how great sex is for women under socialism or communism and um i may disagree with that but you know the larger point is like who cares? That's not like sex while fun is not the primary purpose of everything in life and not the end all be all thing. But anyway, here we go. 10 reasons sex will be better with Bernie. These reasons were the lamest reasons I could possibly think of, but we can go through them, Carrie. Uh, what was the first one? Let's just go through it because it, the funny thing is I read the first couple of these and I was laughing and then I wanted to wait and read the rest on camera with you because I, I, oh, okay. I, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I glanced through them. They're absolutely <laughs> insane. They're insane. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's, number one, there's only, which, what was it? 10, 13, 10. So this, we can go through all of them. Ready? Okay. Sex should be risque, not risky. <laughs> Imagine how much better sex would be if we had a healthcare system where people came first, people, not profits came first. So, okay. So basically free contraception, abortions, which I thought I didn't think were birth control, but apparently they are here in this article. Um, and prevented and treated STDs, Medicare for all. So basically he wants universal health care. That's why sex will be better. All right. Excellent. I mean, to me, um, the one, number one just shows how lame the whole thing's going to be. Right. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's like, brunch. okay. It, yeah. Yeah. I right. Don't know. Yeah. I don't think they made a good argument. I don't think the person made a good, I think you could make an argument. I just don't think they made a good argument there. What, anyway. could, what argument could you possibly make that it's like healthcare makes sex better? Like um, I, I guess so do showers, but like, that doesn't mean that the government's <laughs> job is to provide showers. Like I don't, what's the, like, the government should provide showers for everyone, Carter, so sex can be better. No, anyway, okay, what's number two? All right, sex is better when you can focus on the ahem, job at hand. Ha ha. Uh, great second sex happens when you have enough time to connect, when you're not exhausted from working three jobs, caring for kids and aging parents and doing the laundry, a living wage, paid family leave, shorter weekends, blah, blah. So basically free shit. This one is, this one is, uh, how much free time you think they had in the Soviet Union? Yeah, that's that one I think is just unrealistic. Th this person thinks that if Bernie gets elected that you're not going to have to work as hard. It's Shangri-La. If Bernie gets elected, we won't have to work as many jobs. The economy will be awesome. We'll get all this paid leave. Everything will be great. 
better work means better sex. Like, uh, okay. Okay. Number three, for a great time in bed, you need some privacy. So this is all about having affordable housing. Bernie's gonna make affordable housing because wave a magic wand, socialism, affordable housing. Um, by, by the way, it's funny to me that the, all three of these first ones are economic. And Bernie, I know people like him because he's an outsider. Bernie is the biggest retard on the planet when it comes to economics. He has no idea about like very basic economics. He's literally a Marxist economically, which is just stupid. He's, he's retarded. I'm gonna. I'm using the word. Yes. Daniel. So, Daniel. The first is about economics. Come on. Daniel in chat says this sounds like it was written by someone who doesn't get laid very much. I know, right, Daniel? Can you imagine? <laughs> this is like, who would want to sleep with this author after this? This is the most not hot piece about sex I've ever read. All right. Okay. So here, number number four. This one really makes my blood boil. Of course, part of privacy includes not having toddlers in your bedroom. Unless you're trying to get a laugh at, in a sitcom, having kids walking on their parents usually kills the mood. That's just one of the many reasons we need universal childcare. What? That provides our kids with safe and affordable is, <laughs> hey, hey kids, go to the government play center so we can have sex. <laughs> it's like in the book, Fahrenheit 451, when the woman was like, it's just having kids is just like doing laundry. Just put it in and shut the lid. Put them in and shut, put them in the other room and shut the door. <laughs> I don't know. That's just so evil also because um, it's, it's just, it's, it's praising, it's praising the very, it's praising one of the most evil things that the left is up to, which is the indoctrination of children and the removal of children from the home and yeah. um the raising of children by the government rather than by their parents. And this actually is trying to turn it into a good thing. Like, hey, at least your kids won't be home so you can F more. All right, yeah. um, <laughs> here we go. Number five, oh, we all need to understand what sex is. <laughs> Speak for yourself, honey. Uh, all right, well-paid teachers lead to well-laid adults. I don't, I'd like to see the study on that one. Um, and by the way, just the, the other thing that this first sentence is a myth. Um, well, part of the, the premise of the first sentence is a myth. We are paying our teachers well. Our per student expenditure is not going down. It's general, I mean, most places in the US, uh, we actually spend quite a lot per student. Yes, our education system is getting worse. That should make you think about something like government education being a good idea or not. That like maybe- more yeah, money. Maybe throwing taxpayer money at something doesn't necessarily always fix it. Bite your tongue, Carrie. That is blasphemy. <laughs> um, anyway, to have good sex, we need to understand how to get it on safely and pleasurably. Unless we want the next generation to learn how to have sex on this swamp, the internet, that is. We need schools that are safe, well-funded, and staffed with knowledgeable sex ed teachers. For hotter but very safe sex, we need great public schools. So... I know all the parents in the audience right now are very happy that someone will teach their children all about sex um, as the government sees fit. That's what we all want. That's so super hot. Okay, number six, amazing sex takes confidence. I, I guess they're saying in a society, so the summary here is in a society where all people are treated with dignity and respect, sex is better. Strong unions, strong laws against harassment and discrimination, and strong leaders. So this is one of these things, Carrie. Um, um, I think they have this backwards. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. It's the consent culture is destroying the hotness of sex. Yeah. And also, uh, you know what gives you confidence is self-reliance. And yes, also per true. personal, yeah, and personal responsibility and not looking to the government to provide everything for you, not looking to your fellow taxpayers to provide everything for you, like your housing and your health care and your child care and your everything right. it's mentioning here in your public schools. Like um, this whole article is like the government should give you everything and that's going to make you confident. No, it's not. Can you, by the way, sometimes we wonder about what their end goal is. I think it's literally, they want to be adult babies taken care of by everyone lying around having sex. That's like, that's the, that's the world they want. Like, can we lie around and have sex while everyone else pays for everything? Yeah. 
Adult babies is a great way of putting it. That's what they are. They're adult babies. Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And the the other thing I want to mention about this was consent culture, right? So they're like strong unions, strong laws against harassment and discrimination. So this is the same. This is this idea that we need to um, have a bunch of laws intrude on how people interact voluntarily and non-violently. Obviously, violence is already illegal and 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 should be but um you know there's this uh there's this show carrie that we briefly watched on netflix called sex education um did you have you heard of this show no i haven't i think it's called sex education it's about this um it's uh the person who played dana scully uh what's her name jillian anderson Uh, yeah uh she plays this sex therapist who has a teenage son and it's really about the son's like going to school and and giving people advice about sex and she's kind of weird and crazy but um the show is like totally woke and but it's it's like it's like this weird train wreck to watch but they had this scene where the kids were like they didn't over the top consent it but it was a lot of like is this okay is this okay is this okay (laughs) it was just honestly I don't know if it's just a Gen X thing but it was pretty freaking hilarious to me I think they thought it was kind of normal and they were trying to normalize all this consent, but literally like during sex, you know, is this still okay? All right. Yeah. It's very, okay. So you made me think of something I want to tell you about off camera, but I was going to tell you on camera. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we were joking. I, a friend of mine shared this interesting bar graph. It was a stat um, about how about the different reading habits of men and women. Now, when you actually looked at it, it wasn't necessarily about the reading habits as much as it was about, because it was it was based on um, reviews that people left on books on Goodreads, the site Goodreads. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that women are just more likely to review books than men, who knows? But based on the reviews, it was an interesting chart because the women read a lot more books than the men. If, if you, let's assume that everyone who reads a book writes a review, which isn't true, but let's just, okay. let's assume that's what it is. It looks like the women read or at least review a lot more books than the men, but almost all the books they read are in this romance category, romance or thriller or whatever. And there's all these different subgenres of romance, of course. And um, whereas the men didn't seem to read or at least review as much, but what they were reading was more in the nonfiction area and comic books. Um, but so we started on my on social media, we were kind of talking about this, some friends and I, and one of my friends, she's hilarious. She might be in the chat. She started uh, making jokes about, we should write an SJW romance because romance sells. It's like the number one selling genre of book. Um, and, and like I said, there's all these different subgenres. And so we were just having fun spitballing these ideas about like consent and all. It's like, like what you're saying, is this okay? Can you imagine a romance novel that's just like, you know, and also and imagine if they use the Z pronoun or the they pronoun, it's like they touched their lips and they, and, the, and yeah. so it's just all they, they, they. And you're like, wait a minute, who's touching what? And which is <laughs> you're using the third person pronoun for everyone. May I kiss Z? <laughs> May I yeah. Kiss- um or you know before i consent tell me what you think about black lives matter (laughs) (laughs) like oh anyway i think there's well i think there's your there's your side project carrie side project sjw romance yeah yeah you should do it all right let's let's keep going with how how bernie's going to save everyone's sex life okay um confidence number seven sex is especially hot when neither bars nor borders nor endless war separate us from our partners so basically, um, mass incarceration locks up your loved ones and destroys healthy relations. I guess if your loved ones are doing illegal things, sure. Um, so many people jones into have sex with felons. Endless wars tear people apart. This is the weird thing. Endless wars tear people apart for years. I don't actually know. Is is Bernie like way more anti-war than the rest of the Democrats? Carrie, you would know. I don't think he's, uh, yes, he's more anti-war than most of them. But uh, this time around, I think Tulsi's like more anti-war than he is. That's And, and Trump un- has been edu- one of the most like peaceful yeah. presidents war-wise. Right. Ever. Um, yeah. But so basically again, open but, borders to have good sex. That's that point. Yeah, yeah. that point is ridiculous. It's like, uh, well, these are people, you're talking about breaking the law and uh, so what you're saying is that there should be no punishment for breaking the law and then our sex lives would be better because people wouldn't have to go to jail 
and they could but still then they have might sex. kill people that you want to have sex with so there's a double-edged sword there that's true they might <laughs> like, hurt your loved ones look at what's happening know. in new york where they're not holding people uh the new rule passed at the beginning of the year the new law and they're not holding people on bail anymore and so now these repeat offenders out there that are committing repeat offenses right after being picked up yep crazy elizabeth asks is that a human trafficking plug yeah, right. We need to open borders, Elizabeth, because more sex slaves can come over the border if we don't have any borders. Great point. Maybe that's Bernie is for is. Can we start a rumor that Bernie's pro sex slave and sex trafficking? Awesome. All right. Number eight. Sex is better when the environment isn't toxic and the planet isn't burning. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of think I mean, I think your climate alarmism is a bunch of hooey anyway, and you couldn't <laughs> defend it if your life depended on it. Uh, using rational uh, arguments. But that said, uh, based on what I've seen from Hollywood, end of the world scenarios are kind of hot. That's when you have really great sex. So I don't even believe that one. Um, Pollution-induced asthma, come on, it's ridiculous. Okay, uh, economic, number nine, economic independence is a huge turnaround. Yeah, independence is the key word that you mentioned earlier, Carrie. Being Getting an allowance from Uncle Bernie is not independence, you moron. Independence, yeah, it's it's they're they're back. They've got everything backwards here about where confidence comes from, about what independence means, about what's attractive, also in a partner. Um, I just I don't know. I, I think this is kind of it's just funny to me. Number ten. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. I just saw number ten. Okay, let me just say this about number ten. Pull, pull that one on the screen. Sex would be better with Bernie Sanders. By the way, if you just read the title, you can totally misconstrue that. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that's, those are, I just, you don't want to imagine those things together. Like I don't, <laughs> even if, and I'm not, that's not disparaging the way he looks or anything. I'm just saying, it's like, he's running for president. <laughs> why, why would you ever be like, think of Bernie Sanders and think of having sex and think about how great those things are together. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie is the only candidate that leaves no one behind. <laughs> I feel like there's another sentence that should come after that. <sighs> what does it say under that one? Uh, and public programs that support the public good will mean better sex for all of us, which it just, it's a non-argument. This is like a summary. Number 10 is in summary. This looks like, uh, honestly, this is something that a seventh grader would write, um, <laughs> but, but this person has a PhD, uh, I guess they do. I can't, a PhD candidate in the department of political science at the university of oh, God damn it. It's Penn. Uh, I went to oh. Penn so I can be angry. Um, oh, gosh. PhD, yeah, these guys. are both University of Pennsylvania people. Look at, <laughs> these, look at these intellectual elites. Look at these academics writing a paper about how sex will be better with Bernie. I know I you just, don't want to disparage people's looks, Carrie, what? but hold on. Uh, I, I zoomed in way more than I wanted to. Hold on. But when I want to read about these people look like they know a lot about how to have hot sex, right? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay, so that was an ad hominem. It's not an argument, but it's, it's just funny. So leave it there. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, here's something interesting because they write this whole piece, but they don't actually point to any studies or any facts or anything, right? This is there's no facts cited here. Um, I was surprised as a lifetime Democrat. I will admit, I was surprised when I saw there have been several studies done. Both in the U, both in Europe and in the U.S., that show that um, conservatives consistently report having being happier with their sex lives than liberals do. Is that is that interesting or what? Like I would it's have not surprising. That, I would have thought the opposite was true, but uh, I've, it's more than one study. You guys can look it up. It's it's an interesting. Why do you think that is? Oh, um, because conservative I. I'm not 100% sure this is just a theory. Uh, I think conservatives are more likely to have meaning and deep connection and they're not looking for, they're not, they're less likely to be part of the hookup culture. And I think the hookup culture is like a drug. Um, you know, you think that sex with someone with a different shape is suddenly gonna be different than the sex that you had last time with the last person. It's all about aesthetics and um, limerence and newness. And so you can't actually develop 
deep, deep connections with someone that are based on love that are, uh, you know, decades long, you end up kind of constantly chasing. It's like, uh, you're constantly, you're constantly, um, it's like, instead of going to the therapist, you're just doing heroin. It's like your tolerance builds up for heroin. You just need more and more and more. And yeah. like, if you're not, ultimately you're not really satisfied or, or correcting any problems. And I'm not like, I'm not a prude, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not arguing for, you know, a religious level of sexual conservatism, but there is a cost benefit analysis to stuff. And you gotta, you have to understand that uh, I think, a lot of people are af afraid to have deep, meaningful relationships. And when they have the relationships and sex starts to wane, which it does always, right? Because you, you get over that period of limerence. Mm -hmm. um, instead of figuring out uh, and like actually committing to that person and trying to have a deeper connection based on love and, and figuring out how to rescue the sex life, which is possible. Um, instead of doing that, they just move on like, well, I'm bored now. I'm going to go find another shiny object to have sex with until I get bored with that shiny object. And that's ultimately super unfulfilling. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm yeah. not, obviously people on the left are part of both of those and people on the right are part of both of those cultures. Right. I'm not, I'm just like, in general, I think you're it's, more it's like a bell curve and it overlaps more than it yeah. doesn't, of course, like yeah. any bell curve, but on average, it's like slightly uh, in all these different studies, conservatives, on average report being more happy, happier with their sex life than liberals. AC Gardner actually said something that's, I don't know if he or she, I'm sorry, AZ, I don't know your gender. I don't want to <laughs> assume. Uh, I don't know if they're uh, saying this to intentionally be super insightful or just kind of making a comment, but I think it's super insightful. So I'm going to call it out. They said conservative men are sexier. I actually, um, I think, sorry, thanks. Okay. She, thanks AZ. Uh, she says she thinks conservative men are sexier. Um, I I don't think that's a joke. I think the the leftists going after toxic masculinity, they're basically trying to destroy masculinity and a lot of women uh, want masculinity, even though they pledge fealty to soy boys, they're actually not turned on by uh, oh, totally. the boy boy thing. They, they want the guy who's got the toxic masculinity, that's hotter and yes. so, that guy's will, on the right much more than on the left. I will say this. So anecdotally, when I was in SJW, and even when I was still hardcore in it, my female, my fellow female SJW friends and um, and and third wave feminist friends, for the most part, definitely still liked the the toxically masculine kind of guy more than uh, soy boys, and. And one of them in particular, I remember her telling me she had a dilemma about it because she cared so much about her ideology and she cared so much. She's a true believer like I was. And she told me, she was like, I just, she was trying to change what she was attracted to. And she said, but at the end of the day, I, she's like, I just want a guy who knows how to fix things with his hands. Right. <laughs> like. Right. She was like, I just want a blue collar guy who's like, she's like, and I like a cowboy and like, and she was telling all these stereotypes of, you know, of, of men that she felt like she was wrong for being attracted to. And I thought that was really interesting. We used to laugh about it because she was saying, you know, she didn't feel like she should be attracted to those kind of guys. Right. But actually that's, that's a, that's an opportunity for her to be more introspective and, and realize that there are differences between men and women. And there's, a, and you know, there's a, um, a lot of sexual attraction is, is around, is related to polarity. You need polarity and relate this. Why actually, this is why um, the sex often uh, diminishes and uh, romance often diminishes in a close relationship because uh, a lot of times couples don't make time to be separate from each other and do their separate things. And so um, they're just together all the time. They're coordinating on everything all the time. Everything's together, 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 together. And they start to lose their sense of individual identity. And when you, when you lose that and you kind of fuse together, you lose the polarity that is, is the excitement. And so couples that have survived a long time often have very separate not all of their interests are separate. Some of them are overlapped because they do things together, but usually they each have at least one thing that they're into that the other person's not into and they go off on their own and do it. So they go, they go yeah. out shooting on the weekend or they go out for motorcycle rides or whatever it is and their spouse doesn't do it and, and the other spouse has their things that they do. 
And that kind of maintains some sense of separateness, which is necessary for attraction. You're not attracted to something that is basically completely always available and the same as you. I think um, it's good. I think a good, healthy relationship is like a Venn diagram. You have the overlapping part of things that you do together. And then you have the part of yourselves that's different and still interesting because it's so different than you. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's this constant like ebb and flow of like separateness. You get separate. I don't mean actually you separate. I mean, you're separate entities. That's attractive. You come together. You're together for a while. That ceases to be attractive. You separate a little. And I'm talking like very mildly. I'm not talking about you move out and move back in. I just mean like that's kind of the the dynamic that happens in relationships. And I think a lot of people, they have that kind of stock advice that they hear from therapists. It's like, oh, you need more communication. You have to tell, tell everyone everything. And, you know, you need to be closer and more communicative. That's nice, but it doesn't lead to sexual excitement. Right. For the sexual excitement, you need to be separate in somehow. You're, the, the woman needs to go, I'm talking about heterosexual relationships now, but, you know, the woman needs to go see her man as a man by himself and see like, oh, he's attractive over there without me by himself being himself. That's attractive yes. to me. And the guy needs to see the wife like, oh, she's a female attractive by herself. Like she's attractive without me over there by herself. Like I want her now. That's where that want and desire comes from. That desire is lost if she's like, you're just always together all the time. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. I don't um, know how we got couple, into that conversation. Well, no, so. it's fun. A couple of funny things in the chat. Dr. K says, I decided I was going to marry my husband when he was a mover and I saw him pick up and carry a piece of heavy furniture. <laughs> right. Awesome, Dr. K. See? Yes, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then, oh, what else did I see that was funny in here? Um, somebody, where was this? Oh, Kent says, Hey doc, my wife literally confessed to wanting to tear my coveralls off when she saw me working construction. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, default username makes a point, which is correct here. Therapy and psychology are all gynocentric industries. Yeah, that's true. Um, they are, they are gynocentric industries. And as a result, I think that's why there's not a lot of people defending masculinity in those industries either. Like it's easy to, you know, you go after to toxic masculinity and very few people are going to stand up. Even the men that are there tend to be, uh, you know, the metrosexual soy type of guys that are in, like not all of them, right? There are some yeah. masculine males that are in, in that industry, but a lot of them aren't. So, um, Anyway, what else do we want to talk about here? Uh, well, it's Are been we an good? hour and I think we should start wrapping it up. All right. I'm good with that. If no one else in chat has anything, we can uh, wrap it up. I can't play the closing credits anymore because we switched technology at the last moment, but at least we got to have a conversation, Carrie. Yeah, at least we've figured out the tech. And thank you again for bearing with us at the beginning. Uh, one of these days, we're going to have a big enough budget that we will be able to hopefully eradicate a lot of these tech problems. You know, the, the um, frustrating thing, Carrie, is I don't think this was budget. Like, it was working great. Ecamm is way better than Zoom for a variety of reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was awesome for a long time. It's just like today, it went haywire. I don't well, not know. A long, not a long. We've only been doing it since the beginning of the year. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's weeks that it's been fully operational and oh, okay. not a problem. Right. So um, I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll try and sort it out on our end. I'll write them a nasty. I'll, I'll, write, I'll write a strongly worded letter. I know that's very masculine and attractive. So I'll do that later and uh, <laughs> we'll solve all of our problems. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, take care. Have a good day. And we'll see you uh, for Covfefe tomorrow. Oh, and let me just do a quick plug. You can oh. support us financially if you would like you. at yep. subscribe star. Look for unsafe space. And we forget to we forget to mention this a lot, but somebody asked about it on social media recently about your shirt that you were wearing in that picture of Mikey. We have a merchandise store. So if you go to unsafespace.com and click on shop, you can see some of our merch products. We have hats and we have t-shirts and a couple of fun things in there. So check those Jerry, out. Jerry, thank you for mentioning that because people did were asking me about my shirt and I was like, yeah, it's our shirt. Just go you should know about it. So wait, I'm going to put it up on the screen for a second before we actually close. Here's the, here's the shop. There's the shirt that I was wearing. It's the, it's this everyone's favorite TDS, the original, like I think patient zero for Trump derangement syndrome is this lady uh, screaming on safe space. 
So yeah, and there's some other stuff here. I, I gave Mikey a Make Democrats Liberal Again shirt also. So uh, we'll see yeah. if you wear it. Anyway, there we go. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you Thanks, tomorrow. Thanks, guys. See you later.